in your ear. Podcast Network. All right, let's get let's get down to the joys of basketball. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Balls in Your Ear on the Up in Your Ear Podcast Network, full of many, many awesome podcasts. I am Josh, and with me, as always, to talk hoops is Frank. Frank. Frank, we are finally on. Our schedules worked. Mm-hmm. And um, we are at this point, last time we talked, it was almost on the first round, I think. We hadn't quite finished the first round for everybody. Right. And now we are five games into all the games, at least all the series, in the second round. And it's Thursday night. Brooklyn and Milwaukee are playing right now in their sixth game. Atlanta's up 3-2 on Philly, and the Clippers are up 3-2 on Utah. That's where we stand. How are you feeling yeah. about it? Um, so I'm feeling surprised by the Clippers. I thought they were kind of exposed by, by Dallas quite a bit and they were lucky to survive that series. And it it took, um, by Dallas, you mean Luca? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was, it was Luca, you know, pretty much all by himself. Um, that, you know, went to a game seven because Kawhi Leonard came up big in a couple of games where he really needed to. Um, but it didn't look like the rest of the team was giving Kawhi a ton of help consistently. And I guess they survived that they survived Luca and they're, they're starting to fit together again, but now Kawhi's out with, uh, with an ACL tear all of a sudden, but playoff P came he's, alive. he's not now he's out. He was out the last game, the yeah. game five. And, and now you talk about playoff P and, and the Clippers won anyway. Right. Um, but playoff P was even, even did well, you know, earlier in the Utah series, so suddenly against the Jazz, against number one seed, the Clippers look already are looking better than they did against the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, George has been really good, and really, you know, really Paul good. George has, has had you know thirty plus point games every every game the last last several games in a row, and you know he came up big and to, for the Clippers to take a three two lead um, without Kawhi Leonard. So that whole thing is surprising it's not like donovan mitchell's playing bad he he had like one off game the last game and was pretty ridiculous earlier in the series um so i i, I don't know now now it's utah who's it's looking like they're not getting enough scoring besides donovan mitchell um i i that don't know is the, <laughs> that is the the theme of the playoffs is right who who has more than one guy who can get buckets. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm saying it like it's some like unique narration to this year's playoffs. And it's not, it's been the theme for a while now. Uh, you need that guy who can in the fourth quarter or when shit's going bad, can just start getting you buckets. You you absolutely need that guy. And speaking of which, um, cause this, this came and went already. <laughs> the, uh, the nuggets and the Phoenix suns, the okay. Phoenix Suns swept the Denver Nuggets, who I've loved all year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I knew it'd be a little tougher for them without the without Nuggets a, lost a bucket guy. Yeah, that they, they they don't have Jamal Murray and Jokic mm-hmm. alone was not enough, and you saw that 
against Phoenix, which as we discussed, they're such a balanced attack. They're a very deep team, you know, led by one of the best floor generals ever in Chris Paul. Um, and the Nuggets just, just seem to have no answer after I thought they looked pretty good against Portland um, coming out of that series. So that, that was another shock for me. Jokic now, is not a buckets guy. He's a wonderful player and he deserved the MVP, but right. he's not the buckets guy. He's, that's he's, not who he is. Yeah. I mean, he, he wants to get, you know, between 24 and 30 points in the flow of the game and he loves passing the ball and he, mm-hmm. and he's a, a, a great decision maker out there. But yeah, is he like a, a, a score first kind of mentality guy um, when you need that? Not exactly. So that, you know, and you didn't have Michael Porter Jr. step up. Like he, yeah. he has, you know, earlier in the playoffs and earlier mm-hmm. this season. So that was, that was the difference. And yeah. And um, Phoenix is just really good. They, yeah. they have two bucket guys, legit, like all-star level bucket guys, hall of famer and Chris Paul. And, you know, a guy right. who's on his way in Devin Booker. And they also have the benefit of being a really well put together team with a lot mm-hmm. of versatile parts, a lot of bulldog defenders who are not liabilities on offense, which is a big yeah. Uh, like Bridges can play offense. He can, he can score too a little bit. He's not a complete liability out there. And they're just really good. DeAndre Ayton's playing great basketball. They're just See, sitting I, home doing nothing right now. I just want to point out, wouldn't it have been nice if the Sixers had, uh, had, had drafted the hometown guy, Mikhail Bridges? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. They did. And then they gave him right up. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to say? Like, Thibel is worse i don't think i mean it depends we can get into that debate another time i'd I'd rather bridges bridges is probably better right now but you know in a year or two who knows um but yeah that was also if anybody doesn't know it's one of like the the dirtiest moves a team ever pulled honestly because mikhail bridges grew up out grew up in the philadelphia area was a star of villanova um get his mother worked for the sixers and they drafted him and his mom was like, it was, it was like this feel good moment on draft night. They drafted the local kid mom's in the building. She's wearing all her Sixers gear. And later that night they traded him to Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> and it just was like, why, why would you do that? And now, and now, you know, nobody ever predicted this. You have Phoenix already in the Western conference finals and who knows if the Sixers are going to make it. There what do you mean? Now? Nobody. I've been riding fucking Phoenix all year. All oh, year. I've okay, been on but let's say at the time the trade was made before this season, who thought the Suns would get further than the Sixers this season? Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't have. Probably wouldn't That's, have said that at the beginning of the right. season. Oh, your dog's chiming in because I feel like whenever I do a hot take, your dog's just like, what the fuck is that guy talking about? <laughs> She's like, no way. <laughs> That's not true. Because she watches it. So, all right. Well, I didn't want to do it. But since you, since we brought up the Sixers and, you know, you are wearing your Sixers hat, even though you're only a partial Sixers fan. And it's, I'm a full... It's a desperation move. <laughs> yeah. I'm a full, full-blooded full Sixers fan, uh, although we both grew up in the same area. Uh, it's rough right now in Philly. Um, you know, one of our mutual friends texted me that he was at the gym this morning and everybody was just talking like they were ragingly pissed off still all morning. I'm, I'm telling you, though, so if you'd been listening to, you know, the local sports talk radio and people before this game... You could feel that the the pulse like that people kind of expected this like people were 
doom expected gloom. a 25 point or a 22 point lead to no but they evaporate. the way that the previous game went they just weren't trusting the coach they still weren't trusting ben simmons and were kind of like basically prepared prepared to eventually lose to the atlanta hawks one yeah. way or another it had that vibe it, it yeah. really did but man they got out to such a hot start and oftentimes their first quarter offense is so smooth and it just breaks down as the game goes on. Here's, here's my, here's one thing I'm curious about that. I I wonder if anybody watching the, the Hawks Sixers game on Wednesday night in the fourth quarter during that streak, when they, for the last four minutes of game, the Sixers were in the bonus. They didn't drive to the hoop at all. They were settling for early shot clock, Three pointers, jo- Joel Embiid shooting fadeaways with dead legs. It was awful. Um, Tobias Harris just completely forgetting how to throw an inbound, a pass into the paint to anybody. And Ben Simmons being a fucking coward. Um, <laughs> Tobias and the camera caught Tobias and Doc Rivers having a very heated discussion after Embiid took yet another terrible like fadeaway pull up. And I'm just, I was dying in the moment and I'm dying even more. I just wish I could hear what they were talking about because Doc was telling Tobias something and Tobias did not want to hear it. And it didn't seem like it was some kind of like, just like emotional spat. It seemed like they were discussing something significant to the game. And I'm really curious what it was because, you know, I'm wondering is like, what's the deal with Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers is a good coach. Right now, everybody's slamming Doc Rivers because he has had some horrendous playoff uh, losses as a favored team he's a good coach but what is the deal where he just becomes why why is he so bad at fourth quarters in the playoffs i don't understand it and second halves in general yeah and and he's made a few of these um mistakes you know earlier in the series like why why wouldn't he think about putting ben simmons on on trey young earlier immediately Like, like if if Ben Simmons, if, if this is, you know, his, his main like redeeming quality, his great defense, and he's your, he's your main stopper. You put him on the other team's top offensive player. Like that's what he's there for. Yeah. So that, that was kind of maddening how, uh, how, how he's like, I, I don't know. I guess he thought he was trying to like, like outsmart everybody, but look, you think I'm going to put Simmons on Trey young, but you know, we're, we're going to do a mix of other guys. Like, right. And then he does those like full shifts where he, um, we'll shift out four or five guys at a time, like a hockey team. And, uh, and he'll leave usually Tobias out there or just take all five starters out and bring in five bench guys. And in the games that they've won, that's worked really well. The game where, um, shake Milton went off to kind of save it, which was like game four, I think. Um, and there was another game where, um, uh, Dwight Howard, got a bunch of boards and some putbacks and, and, you know, and Maxi went nuts. Uh, but, uh, but the games that they've lost, the bench has gotten their ass kicked. And this goes back to the, to the wizard series too. the game that the wizards won the Sixers bench did Jack all out on the court. And it's, they're so streaky. It, it's like, it's weird. Cause I still think they're a really well-constructed team but there seems to be a limit to what that construction can do when, when you're playing another team this often and people can adjust so much quicker in the playoffs than they do. 
And and I'm sorry, I uh, I did say this. You kind of were surprised by it that I thought in a weird way the Hawks are a bit deeper. They don't have the star power, the most familiar names at the top of the roster. But uh, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm shocked that Philly's down. I thought it might be you know a good they series. Won the series in five. I, yeah, I thought. Oh, I thought Philly maybe be pushed to six, but I never thought they'd be down in the series like this. So yeah, it's surprising. It's it's incredible. So they blew an 18 point lead and a 22 point lead, second half leads, both in two games in a row. Joel Embiid in the second half of the, of each of those games combined was I, I forget I texted it to you earlier, but it was like two for 20 or something over the both second halves. He was 0 for 12 and then two for eight, I think, uh, between the two second halves of those two losses. His legs look done. Yeah. And well, he, Ben Simmons is afraid to, to drive to the hole because he can't hit a free throw and he needs to either shoot bank shots or granny shots because he just needs to get, you only, you just have to get to 50%. If you can get to 50%, it makes the hacking strategy, not an automatic at least, you know what I mean? Right. And then, and, and, and he also, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just remember I so it's, it's, it's because Embiid ha, has a torn meniscus, right? Which, yeah, I mean, that's certainly part of it. And, and they're relying too much on him, and he's trying to play through this torn meniscus, and, and, it's, and it's heroic, but I don't think it's a thing he can do for, like, 40 minutes a game. No. So. <laughs> yeah, but then Doc needs to adjust. He can't do his hockey shifts. Right. And, and another thing is, like, uh, Tobias Harris is not a good point guard. When he's running point, it's ugly. It's he and and you also diminish the things that he's good at, which is being an off the ball guy who can go inside and outside and kind of like be like an, a, a spacing accommodator, kind of, and a guy who like just gets the scraps and turns it into stuff. Yeah. But when so, you're asking so him to run the point, it's a disaster. So that's on. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. It's pretty much on Doc Rivers then, because why aren't you then putting getting the ball into Tobias's hands. Maybe that has something to do with what, what you're saying that they were arguing about. I mean, if, if Embiid is clearly, you know, shot because of his legs right now, they got to come up with plays. They got to actually force the offense through some other guys who can still score right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you get some shooting from, from Seth Curry in there. He's been great. Yeah. Which, which has been great. But like, if Ben's not really going to shoot, then it's got to be Tobias. Then Ben needs to leave. He needs to not be in the game. That's, I mean, that's honestly what it is. Ben can't be in it. it. It's like you don't have to have your starters in at the end. You can you can utilize Ben for all the wonderful things that he does in the part of the game when the things he can't do don't hurt you as much. That would be the smart thing to do. You, you got to put egos aside. This is the playoffs. Ben can't be in the game for the last like four minutes. He can't. He just can't do it unless you you can like shift him in on the like when they bring a defender in on like a free throw and shit like that. But, but that's about it. You can't, you can't keep him out there. If you have a, you're playing four on five on offense and he's, and he's scared. He's got the heebie jeebies. He can't, he's dropped crucial ball like rebounds and passes close to the rim because he's, he's so in his own head. It sucks. I still really like Ben Simmons. I think there's so much good about him, but uh, you know, the cracks in the facade just get magnified every playoffs when he can't be used at the end of games. It's glaring. And think about some of the guys who doc has had running the point in the past, Chris Paul, Ray John Rondo, maybe, maybe doc just like has had success. Cause he's had some amazing floor generals out there. And 
then he doesn't have that. It kind of exposes him. Like he doesn't have basically a, a real coach out there on the floor and he's yeah. not doing enough to tell the guys where the ball should go. He's yeah, relied George, on. I like talent. George Hill, but George Hill, I don't think he has a shot anymore. I think his legs might be a little gone. George Hill is still really smart with the ball and he's like, you know, he, he helps again, settle shake Milton and keep him and Tobias off the ball as much as possible. But yeah, the, here's the thing, whatever happens, I think Daryl Morley is going to be, is going to do something. I just trust him and I trust what he's going to do in the off season. Uh, whether it's something big, like, you know, the whole fan base wants to trade Ben for like for Dame immediately, you know, and and you know whatever right yeah i know i i was the person saying don't trade him for harden and it's that thing where like i feel like at the time my logic was sound but it looks really stupid now but at the same time james harden has never won anything either so i say that and we'll see what happens but yeah so atlanta we should talk about atlanta because we're not a sixers podcast even though uh you know we're sixers guys Atlanta, uh, the thing that I've noticed about them that I really like, besides that their coach, uh, just I love Nate McMillan. I've loved him since he was a player. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good coach, a steady coach. Used to lead um, the league in steals as a Seattle Supersonic. I know. I used to terrorize uh, in NBA Live. I'd take use him at the top of the key and just pummel whoever had the ball. Um, but the Hawks don't break. They when thing when they get when they take the punches, I always I've always I always talk about this when we talk about the playoffs. Like you've got to be able to take the punches in the mouth and not lose your shit. Like the Sixers did the last two days. They lost their shit. They lost their vibe. You can't do it. Atlanta does not lose their vibe. They stay in it. They stay smart. Um, you know, they won a game last night where Bogdanovich was really bad. Um where Colin, Collins has not been great this series. He was big in the comeback of game four, but other than that, he's been pretty much held in check. Trey Young is getting his, and, you know, Capella is basically just there to get lobs. But but they survive when these guys aren't thriving. As long as Young's getting his points, you know, they keep staying in it, and they have swagger. It's pretty impressive to watch, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Lou Williams had a real nice second half the other night. He was too. unreal. He was like also, plus 20 uh, in the second half or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was originally a sixer. Wasn't he like Iverson's backup like back in the day after he was yeah. drafted? Um, and, and he has yeah, dirty I mean, fingernails, according to our friend Steph. Shout oh, out yeah. to Steph. <laughs> He's been saying this for like 15 years. <laughs> um, and uh, and I'm surprised that uh, uh, Danilo Gallinari, the uh, Italian, he's he's put in some decent games. And I, I never really expected from him. I, I used to think game four um, game he was big. Yeah, I I, I used to think I, I, he would become a better player. Like you know when he when he came in the league, and he hasn't really lived up to the expectations. But he's he's still capable sometimes of you know coming up big. And they uh, they they seem to need every little bit, and and they get it at the right times so far. I like swagger off the bench. I love a microwave guy. Like if I'm a coach, uh, I mean, if I'm a general manager putting a team together, I'm making sure I have at least one guy on the bench who can just come in and start firing up shots. Be like, shit, we got to change up. You know, sometimes you just got to change up the game a little bit, the vibe and the tempo of the game. And if you have one of those guys who can come in and Atlanta has two in Gallinari and Lou Williams, they'll just come in and start bombing shots or getting fouled and, and stirring up the pot. And the Sixers have guys that take that initiative, but they don't have the bucket guys to do that. They have guys who will come off the bench and stir the pot, but they don't have guys that will come off the bench and just get buckets. 
and it's showing right now. It sucks. Um, okay, and last but not least, currently Milwaukee is leading by ten in the second quarter. Um, the Bucks are in a weird spot because even if they win this game, they're about to deal with. Uh, if they win this game, they're about to deal with two straight days of Rick Carlisle rumors because he he is splitting up with Dallas, and immediately. The second he like walked out of Dallas, they started talking about Rick Carlisle's going to coach the Bucks next year. So uh, they're dealing with that. And, uh, you know, they still have the thing about Milwaukee is they're sh- just like the Sixers. Their rotations are still puzzling, puzzlingly weird. Um, Giannis, uh, I don't even know, like he's still taking 16, 17 seconds to shoot free throws. I've been counting it for like two weeks now. <laughs> And uh, and it's weird, but you know, James Harden's on on one leg, and the the Nets are vulnerable to an extent, except when Kevin Durant has like an all time great playoff performance, like he did in Game Five, which was yeah. nuts. Harden, Harden looked looked really bad last game. Um, I mean, he went out and he tried to play, but you could see he he, he was not willing to um, really move laterally real quick or make a make a real quick drive to the hoop. Um, he, he did wave nice off passes. the help. He was covering Giannis one on one, and he waved off the help. Yeah, and that's true. And he forced Giannis then, into sort of a bad turnaround jumper that went off the yeah. rim. Um, so his defense was good. I mean, and and his passing, he had a few real nice passes in the second half, some assists that were key. But I, I think he shot like one for ten. So mm-hmm. if, I mean, if if he can just kind of get back into sort of playing shape or get a, a little more comfortable on that leg. Um, then I would definitely expect the Nets to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you hope Kevin Durant doesn't need to get like 45, 48 points or whatever every single night for them to do it. But he can. But he could most most <laughs> nights, most nights. And, and that's the thing. So Giannis, um, the, the Greek freak, um, he looks like always this. Ante Tecupo. Yeah. Ante Tecupo. And, and his brother's on the team too, by the way, which is weird. He's a great uh, bench cheerleader. Yeah, I is. love the guys that like the guys who do good clapping and good high fives and good reaction shots. He gets lots of uh, screen time for a bench player. He does. Um, but so Giannis, he, he's that guy who like, he seems so intimidating just like on, on paper, like the concept of him, it's like, Oh my God, like that's an unguardable, like physical specimen. Mm-hmm. And then you see what seems to happen with the Bucks in the playoffs every year. Somehow he comes up short. I mean, he, he looks like um, – it does look like the moment becomes a little too much for him when he gets the ball in his hands and, like, he's supposed to be the man to get the mm-hmm. bucket. Mm-hmm. And he, he either, either rushes it or, he, like, he got forced into that bad shot against Harden. He didn't mm-hmm. really he, – he, he doesn't, like, take the time to get into the right spot. I mean no. – Simmons does the same thing. That's it. Maybe I, I right. wanted to bring that up earlier. Uh, you see Giannis Embiid only does it when he's hurt or tired, but you see Giannis and Simmons both make the decision of what they're going to do with the ball before it's time to actually make that decision. And then they yeah. do it no matter what yeah. you, see, you see it with Ben on the fast breaks now where he keeps getting drawing charging fouls because he's like, I'm going to run into that spot no matter who's there. And you see it with Giannis when he has to be point guard at the top of the key. And he all, he's like, if he doesn't see a pass right away, he's like, all right, I'm going to go into my, my jab step spin move. And then whatever happens after that is going to happen, but I'm doing that no matter what. 
And in the fourth quarter, at the end of a game, when teams are looking for it, it doesn't work anymore. And and sometimes he puts up the three now. Now he's a better yeah. three-point shooter than he used to be, but he's not good enough yet. No, like, Bucks fans needs, hate it. He needs to get inside, driving to the hoop, so he can mm-hmm. either go to the free throw line or, you know, get, get a dunk or layup or a little, like, baby hook. And he doesn't, uh, like, later in the game when, it, when the pressure's on, he doesn't allow himself to get that move to get into the right spot. The key of this ridiculous dunk, uh, what was it? It was off of a, um, it was this rebound that was like bopped, bopped around between a few players. Mm-hmm. And then um, this, uh, who am I saying? Uh, this one guy on the Bucks, I, I, I forget his name. He passed it over to Giannis who kind of came back into the play. Like he'd already started running back to play mm-hmm. defense and he flew in for this great two hand slam. And was like, yeah, that's awesome. And they're not a lot of guys who can dunk like that. But where is he getting his points if he's not doing a play like that in, in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Giannis is as good of a player as Embiid, if we're talking about, like, the big guys. Um, and I, I don't know where I stand with him compared to, like, Anthony Davis. Uh, I think he's probably – he's better than Cat. Uh, I don't think he's better than Embiid because Embiid can – when again, when Embiid's healthy – he can actually score from a variety of positions and doesn't have to just rely on his go-to move no matter what, uh, which I think is the big difference between him and Giannis. Um, yeah, I'd say I think, the same thing about Anthony Davis too. I, I would yeah. lean towards Anthony Davis. He's a better he's shooter. Anthony Davis can shoot. Better shooter can score from, from everywhere. But Giannis is more explosive off the dribble than Anthony Davis. So I don't think well, that can be discounted. Yeah. And and Anthony Davis, um, you know, just like Embiid, they're they're not they're not as explosive and they're more injury prone, and that's obviously a pretty big deal. Yeah, Giannis is the athlete; like he's the one who can would win the sprint. You know, if they were racing, if you had if you had Jokic and Embiid and Cat and Anthony Davis and Giannis in a race and like a cone drill, Giannis is probably wiping the floor with everybody. Yeah, because uh, he's such an athlete. Um, yeah, and. And the free throw thing drives me nuts. He's got to like, they called him on it twice this playoffs, at least twice. And he honestly could get called on it every time. I think of the last, like the last like four games that I counted on him, like just when I thought of it, I think only twice he got it off under 12 seconds. (laughs) And not once did he get it off under 10 seconds. You know, the ones where I could see when he touched the ball, if they weren't showing him when he touched the ball, I wouldn't count it. But you know, one time I counted like 17 or 18 and I was like, what are we doing here? What's the point? He should practice like uh, an exact routine, like down, down the second. Two dribbles and shoot or something like that. Or like, like even with a little elaborate, like Jeff Hornacek would wipe his face, Mm -hmm. like waving to his kids secretly at the free throw line when he shot for the Utah jazz. Just some, some, some little, uh, some little tick that like, but you know how long it's going to take. You practice your little. Totally. Yeah. He, he, it's because as a fan, it's fucking annoying to watch him waste so much time at the free throw line or, and he's another one, Ben and Giannis again, to compare them, they need to shoot granny shots. Like fucking uh, what's Who's the hall of famer who shot granny shots? Barry. Rick Barry. Uh, Rick Barry. And was a and, great and, and, free throw shooter shooting granny shots. And Wilt did it one. I believe it was one year that Wilt did it just to show he could do it. And his free throw per- percentage shot up that year. Yes. But he, he went back to not doing it because he felt like it, it was like not the manly way to shoot. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. It's such a and it drives me nuts because it makes me feel like Ben is torturing himself 
and all of us because you know he doesn't he's so in his head because i think like i think ben likes to look cool and i don't have a problem with that i don't think he's like egotistical i just think he's someone who wants to look cool when he does shit and and he refuses to do it now it's in his head because he knows he looks like he looks like an idiot when he's shooting free throws and like Everybody is on on Reddit on the Sixers Reddit is like I went out and shot ten free throws after the game and I hit five of them. Like I'm not a professional basketball player. I hit five. Now Ben, like I'm a terrible free throw shooter. Well, how many times when we would play like shoot for teams, I would be one of like the last two guys stand there shooting shooting free throws. But I'm a much better shooter from the same exact spot in motion. Some people are just like that. So he's got to figure out. Right. He's got to swallow his ego and figure out a way to get himself up to fifty percent shooting free throws how are the fuck if he has to like twirl while he shoots or shoot hook shots from the free throw line whatever within the rules that he can try he needs to try no matter what it looks like because it's fucking stupid and this is professional game that has people paying to watch and he needs to not shoot 20 percent from the free throw line it's it's embarrassing um i got my rant in i i just i just had i just had to uh look look up the the granny thing i was talking about for wheelchair it was true Mm -hmm. so his that crazy season he had where he averaged like over 50 points and he had yeah. that hundred point game in Hershey, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That season was a season he shot granny shot free throws. I was going to say it must've been the 50 <laughs> point season. Yep. So there you go. The greatest scoring season in the history of the sport. My man was shooting granny shots. <laughs> also, you know, maybe Ben is shooting with the wrong hand, but also like, you have you have a, someone with the last name Curry in practice every day. Just copy him. Just do exactly what he says. This reminds me of when um, he's he's not going to do it. It's it's I his know. ego. He thinks he's too cool for it's that. So stupid. He's it like, reminds me. Is he still with the Kardashian? No, I maybe don't think not. So. But he used to be. So he thinks he's like. But I really like Ben. I think people like read too much into his like stoic stoicism. I think he he really does give a shit a lot. People are like he doesn't care. I think he really does care. I think he get he psychs himself out. Um, I just I, you know I want him to be the best player he can be, but we'll see. It reminds me of I I was saying this for a couple of years as a football fan. All these teams would run like you know who would have like running quarterbacks, right? And they would they would run all these like a lot of teams with running quarterbacks with like the run pass option thing in the NFL would stall in the red zone because the defense got tighter. And all of a sudden, a lot of those read options and stuff didn't work as well. Or the quarterback, you know, couldn't function the same way that they could between the 20s. And I was just like and you would see all these terrible plays where the teams couldn't figure out what to do where they wouldn't line up correctly happening in the red zone. And I was like, sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel like pull up some some New Orleans Saints game film, steal whatever plays Sean Payton's drawn up in the red zone and just use them. Just steal them. Like figure, figure out what Andy Reid's doing, figure out what, what Sean Payton's doing and just steal that shit. If you can't think of a good play that works on your own, steal from the good people who are really good at it. Ben needs to do that. He needs to just swallow the ego and be like, it's not about me. I need to put points on the board. I need to not be a reliability, liability. Or Doc needs to bench him. There's like no way around it at this point. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just can't see him asking, you know, a, a, a guy like Seth Curry, like, hey, like, show me how to shoot. Like, I'll, I'll stay in the gym with you. And, and unfortunately. Stand next like, to him and shoot. <laughs> stand next to him and sh- shoot until you copy him. Free throws. Um, okay. So uh, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, do you want to? 
who do you think? What, how do you think the series is going to end? Because all these series will be over before we probably get back on. So Phoenix is going to well, okay. In the East, who's going to be the two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, Frank? The Atlanta Hawks <laughs> and and I'm going to say the Brooklyn Nets. Um, okay, even if uh, you know, is, I'm sure Milwaukee's probably still winning right now, but even if it goes to game, five. game seven, would be in Brooklyn, right? And um, you know, you might have a slightly healthier James Harden by that time. So I, I, okay. I think game five was, was the game. KD did his thing and it at least guaranteed that they could get back to, uh, to Brooklyn for game seven. So. If, if, if I was a neutral basketball fan, I'd want to watch Brooklyn Atlanta because I'd want to watch Trey Young and Kevin Durant just trying to one up each other. Cause it would be fun. Um, and Phoenix is going to play who Frank is, is playoff P for real? Um, I, th- I, th- I think it's for real. <laughs> I think it's also, for real. Gobert has been getting beasted on a little bit lately. Have you noticed that he's a, uh, the, the Clippers have been attacking him, um, just like relentlessly. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. I, um, I, I just, I mean, the fact that, that George has really been coming up big and, and now it's kind of elevated these other guys um, with, with Kawhi out there. I feel mm-hmm. like they all, they, they know that they're supposed to step up. You, you know, Kawhi is such a, like, he, he's, he's the known, like, leader, like that, that, the alpha dog. Board man the, gets paid. On the team. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy. He's, he's won championships with a couple teams already. He, he did it, you know, with the Raptors. And then he came here. He's the the... the big man on campus, mm-hmm. so to speak, who was able to, you know, basically get them like, you know, get me Paul George and, and I'm going to the Clippers. He, um, so like they defer to him, you watch them on offense and like, they're waiting to see, is this, is this a, a situation where, you know, Kawhi is going to, going to be taking the ball um, and, and doing what he wants, or you know, is he going to like pass it around and we're going to get, not get the play. offense going. Kawhi's done, right? No, He's not I, playing. I, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's done. Um, but uh, I, I guess my point is, is that it's like these guys kind of are not, are not so tentative anymore. I mean, you, you've, mm-hmm. um, you, Marcus Morris, who senior, who like, senior. <laughs> like he, I mean, the dude can play when more is asked of him. He's this type of guy who will step up and do that. So when he I like doesn't him. have to take, take a, a seat, you know, for, so that just Kawhi and Paul George can be the main dudes, he'll step up. He can do it, and uh, and Reggie Jackson can still. Um, I can't believe in how big way. I can't believe how good Reggie Jackson's been. I mean, he's not been like amazing. I'm just. I was always like, uh, this guy's just not that good. He, he's exactly the kind of guy Detroit picks whose career just disappears and you forget about. But uh, you know, he's he's been really important for them off the bench as a, as a buckets guy and kind of like a spark plug. And he and he's got energy galore. Um, Morris is just, he's a good spot up shooter from mid range. Uh, he can play inside. He's comfortable sitting outside and will shoot a three if he needs to, if like spacing, uh, he's a good defender, big body. He's just like a really good guy to have on your team. Yeah, he is. Um, and yeah, Reggie Jackson, a Boston college product. He, he always, he always looks a little funny. Like he, he looks a little undersized or something, but yeah. I think his, his actual shooting stroke is a little purer and better than 
he plays low if that makes sense like when when he's moving especially with the ball he kind of like 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 lowers his body a little bit if that makes sense um you know so he's kind of like he's he's keeping his his head and like upper body lower to the ground in a weird way i don't know how to say it um (laughs) uh yeah they're like uh the clippers they seem to be that team that has the the random guy stepping up every night who gives them enough, you know, who's not like the big guy too. So uh, that's always good to have, like, you know, Reggie Jackson getting you 30 points almost a couple of games and Terrence Mann had a big game and, you know, Batoon had a big game and they're just like, yeah, they're, they're riding the wave right now. Um, okay. So you got, you got, you got Clippers, you got Phoenix, you got Hawks, you got Brooklyn, you got all the chalk that's chalk right now. Um, I don't have any vibe to argue with. I think Milwaukee could still beat Brooklyn in seven. I think Philly is kind of in trouble, and I think Utah is in trouble too. But, you know, Utah could come out and the Clippers could have nobody except George be good next game, and it could be a blowout in favor of Utah. I think we're going to get two game sevens out of the three. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Wow. That means you think that um, you think, think it, Milwaukee th- wins tonight and either Utah or Philly wins. Oh, okay. Game seven. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good bet that at least one of those other ones uh, is also going to go to game seven. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right, Frank, any last words before I kill um, you? Oh, last word is, um, Chris Paul. So they have the sweep and good for them. But Chris Paul is in COVID protocol, right? Yeah. Even though they said, I don't understand because they said he got, he got vaccinated. So, well, some people, they, they can still test positive and they can still get it, but they just, you're very unlikely to get sick or die or anything like that. So he could be, he could be a carrier at least temporarily. So that's something to watch. They want a game um, seven. Phoenix is sitting around going, right. Uh, come on jazz. <laughs> like right. extend this shit out as much as possible. Exactly. Cause I mean, how, how crappy would that be to get uh, not a, uh, a full team and, and really their most important player. I mean, Booker is the top scorer, but we all know Chris, Chris Paul keeps that thing going in Phoenix. So they're that still would a good be, team without Chris Paul, but they're an exceptional team yeah. with him. Yeah, that, that would be a, a bad way to start the Western Conference Finals with, yeah. with a man down for game one or game two. So All I'm really stuff hoping sucks. All know, these I'm, injuries like Kyrie yeah. and and DiVincenzo and Harden and yeah. Embiid and uh, I'm, I'm missing on Kawhi and Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. And these are like the top guys. I mean, not DiVincenzo, but he's important to Milwaukee. And he's, he's certainly like a guy with some steely balls in the clutch, as we saw in college. Uh, but the other guys are all superstars, and it just, to varying degrees, we haven't seen them be at their best, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. The so NBA I'm, needs to figure this shit out. They need to, like, again, they need to shorten the schedule so there's not as many games. I stand they by did that. shorten the schedule this year. Yeah, but then they crammed them into less time. That's so true. So they didn't really yeah. help with that. Because yeah. they were like, we'll only play 72 games, but we'll do it in like three less weeks than we would normally play 82 or whatever. So all these back-to-backs and you see these guys like, you know, they're hammies and so- all these soft tissue injuries. It sucks. All right. Cool, Frank. All right. So by the time we get back on, I think we will know the conference finals and 
Um, there'll be a little more space for us to try and squeeze in a podcast uh, on a night when there's no game, yeah. <laughs> which has been really hard to do. <laughs> um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Frank, thanks for hopping on and talking right. some hoops with me. And uh, we'll talk to everybody. I'll talk to you and everybody else soon. Later. All honey. right. See you. Network.